For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome back to another installment of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host, Shane Told, I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band, and I'm really excited about this episode. Originally, this was just going to be like a Twitch thing. Kyle was going to come on. We were going to talk about some stuff going on with his band. And this was really good, really informative, and Kyle's audio sounded great, by the way. So I figured, what the hell, let's turn this into a full-blown episode of the podcast because you guys need to hear this band. They are called Brand of Sacrifice. They just put out an absolutely phenomenal record. I'm already calling it the heavy record of the year. It's seriously that good. It's called Lifeblood. This record is like a freight train, man. It is so intense. It is relentless, yet it has these beautiful breaks in it as well. I think it's a perfect heavy album. So make sure you check it out after you're done listening to this. It is very, very good. Before we get into that, I want to remind you all again... Lots of great things are going on with this podcast, and a lot of it is happening on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash Shane Told. I'm doing all kinds of podcasts live, including every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Last week, I had nothing nowhere on the show. Joe is the man. That was such a good talk. Don't worry if you missed it. It will be coming up one of these weeks on this podcast right here, audio only. But if you want to watch more things like that, you know, visual component, if you want to interact with me and the guests, make sure you head over again, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. Give me a follow. 
It's completely free. And once again, every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we do it live. And uh, if you're a member of the All Access Club, you can watch all the stuff later as well. If you're interested in that and really supporting the show, head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And leadsingersyndrome.com, the domain actually expired. I blame GoDaddy. Who uses GoDaddy in 2021? Apparently, I still do. And I forgot to renew it. And luckily, nobody snaked it from me. Uh, so leadsingersyndrome.com, still a thing, <laughs> luckily. But once again, yes, the All Access Club link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. This Sunday, 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 me and Mike Howell, we're going to be hanging out on Twitch and we are going to be interviewing slash listening to a whole bunch of great local bands from all over the world. If you are in a local band, get at me or at Mike. Mike's handle is at Slappy Slam. My handle is at Shane Told on Instagram. If you want to be included, all you have to have is music on Spotify. That is the only requirement and available, obviously, to chat with us on Twitch. The only reason that you require Spotify is so we can play the music uh, the same way without having to, you know, dig through a bunch of awkward files and stuff. So if you want to get a little love uh, for your band, we would love to have you get at us. Uh, we're going to be doing this on Sunday, I think around 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. Eastern. So check that out as well. Again, so many things happening on Twitch, so make sure they add me on there. All right, well, let's get into it. Here it is, my conversation with Kyle Anderson of Brand of Sacrifice. What's up, man? How's it going? I'm here with Kyle Anderson of Brand of Sacrifice. This is cool. This is awesome. Thanks for doing it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Dude, I'm really excited to talk to you because not only are you from my neck of the woods, you're, you know, in a newer band. I know you've been, I know all about, you know, uh, the After Image and and I know all about your, your previous, you know, life, but here we are now. You're making some incredible music. And thank you. It's it's just it it's just a little bit bittersweet, isn't it? That it has to come at a time when, you know, you can't get on the out on the road and like you know show show off your stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that one. It's uh, I'm itching right now to get back to it. Right, like like so so t- walk me through it. Like I, I, your last record, I thought was super good, um, God Hand, which came out uh, before the pandemic, but of course you know. It wasn't too long after that we had to pack up our things and go home. Where were you guys about a year ago when uh, when that that happened? We were actually on tour in Europe uh, <laughs> at the time <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> it, when it all went down. Yeah. We had to uh, cancel the last couple of dates on the run. Um, I think we were in Germany at the time, and uh, basically uh, at the at that point, Trump had indicated that um, they were going to 
close down uh, the borders and stop flights and things like that. So we're, we're kind yep. of scrambling at three in the morning uh, at that time to to get back. And uh, luckily, uh, the Canadian uh, side of things wasn't as strict at that point. But right. uh, just in case we, we went back. Um, but that's that's where it all started, I guess, when we started hearing news of this pandemic. Uh, we were actually on the on the road overseas. Brutal. And uh, so, yeah, got back and uh, continued to work on our uh, album that we're about to put out, Lifeblood. Yep. And that was sort of the focus ever since we uh, got home from uh, Europe. So, yeah, dude. No, man, it's it's it was the same with Silverstein. We were out uh, in the states. We were down in North Carolina. So, you know, not as far from home as you were, obviously, but uh, no, it, it it was seriously like we'd never gone through anything like this before. And the idea of the border actually being closed and us not being allowed to come in was a real possibility at that point. It's crazy to think about. It is. So, you know, you guys are just kind of finding your stride, right? With with all these, you know, finding these fans and everything and you got to go away. Um, one thing that I, I was really impressed reading about you guys is that you guys are self-produced. Um, yeah. Your your guitar player, uh, who you call Leo, he pretty much writes everything. Uh, you know, sends it to you. You put your vocals down on it, and then he records, produces, mixes, and masters the whole thing. Which is yeah, kind of unbelievable because first of all, metal. Let's just call it metal for for sake of argument is not easy to record or mix or master or make sound good in general. (laughs) And, you know, for him just to be doing this, you know, uh, uh, does he produce other bands? He he should if he doesn't. But, you know, I know you've worked with people like Jordan Valeria before, you know, Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. It's just wild that he can, that he can pull that off. It's very impressive. I totally agree. Uh, He is legitimately a wizard. Uh, (laughs) He's not of this world, I don't think. Um, I think he actually uh, gained some of his knowledge from our friend Jordan as well, uh, who's got oh, yeah. some great mixing tutorials available if you guys are interested. Right. Hardcore Music Studio. That's right. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we've we been making music together for probably, ooh, I got to say, maybe eight years now together or something like that. Yeah. And throughout that entire time, he's been working on his mixing skills and uh, developing new techniques and it's just insane to listen to the stuff that he used to make back then and compare it to now. Uh, of course, right. He's, he's definitely an extremely talented individual and a guy who actually hates playing guitar, believe it or not. He <laughs> prefers the, <laughs> the production side of things. Oh, it's he's prob- an incredible guitarist too. Yeah, it's so. probably the same way that I hate singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Uh, well, it gives us a good opportunity now. Like, let's go back and, and talk about, you know, you, you talk about your, your relationship with your guitar player, Leo, and, you know, your old band you were in together. But let's go even back a little further. So I know you're from Ontario, Canada. What part of um, Ontario are you from and where did you grow up and what was it like, you know, with your, your family structure and all that? So right now I'm living uh, just in East York, uh, close to the downtown core in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grew up actually in the suburbs of Markham. Uh, okay. So there were a lot of local, it was more of like a local scene that I attended at the time. Um, lots of really cool bands. Uh, I, I think I started going to shows maybe in 2007 or so right. when I was in high school. 
and uh, just absolutely mesmerized uh, by the, the hardcore and metalcore scene. And um, it was cool back then. It didn't matter what genre you're in. Every band was on the same bill together. Yeah. Whereas uh, I think now it's a little more tightly knit between genres, but yep. uh, back then it did, there was uh, no holds barred. It was, it was insane. Um, but that, that's sort of where I, I started. And, uh, basically just, I think I did the thing where, you know, all the best people from different bands join a new band and create a local super group, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. That's how a lot of it happens and, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, the afterimage was sort of a band that I started myself and had an idea of and kind of, uh, grouped up with some friends from Barrie, Ontario at the time. Right. And, um, Leo, who is, was involved in that as well. Later on in that project, uh, he was, uh, in another band and he was in the States living in the States for a while. Um, came back to, uh, Canada and, uh, we, li we lived together and just made music all day pretty much at that point when in 2013 or so. And, uh, pretty much, uh, from there, uh, the afterimage kept going on and we went, made some mistakes and, you know, went through the trials right. of learning how to be a band. And right. I think from those mistakes, we figured out things uh, a little bit better for the future with brand of sacrifice, but yeah, for sure. I and I think, I think that that's almost every success story in, in music has a failure, a failed band before it, right? Like there's, Definitely. you hear, do you hear about the stories where it's like, Oh, yep. These are the same people I've been playing with since I was like 12, 12 years old, you know, um, I've, there's there's tons of those stories for sure but the vast majority it's like it's like nope like this was my old band and we were actually pretty good like some, sometimes people are like my old band might have even been been better than the one that got popular it's just that so much of it is figuring out you know what uh you know what to do and and the the business side of things which as you get older you can navigate a lot better oh totally i think both Leo and I picked up a lot from working in the corporate world. We both sort of took a pause mm. from music for a few years and I went to the insurance side of things, uh, which I, I was pretty good at, but yeah. definitely wasn't passionate about, uh, Leo's involved in big tech over in the States. And, okay. uh, so I think we gathered some Intel from working in those fields and, uh, sort of applied it to, uh, our band a little bit more. And it's been, pretty successful which is yeah pretty cool no i mean <laughs> even just going to your website uh i think it's brand of sacrifice .com, yeah, um, that's right. it, it it's it's even a great website and, and like so much of the time these days i feel like the website is such an afterthought it went it went from you're probably old enough to remember like when maybe when you're old enough to remember when bands didn't really have websites then like yep. everybody had had websites then nobody really cared about websites. It was all about social media. Like everyone was pushing their MySpace and Facebook. It's still mm -hmm. a little bit like that, but I feel like now it's coming a little bit back to to websites. And you guys actually have a really good one, like that little virtual tour you can take. Um, you I know, I'm talking about right. I don't know what to call it, where you can go and like, oh, pre-order the record here or watch the video here. Like that shit's awesome, and and not a lot of bands do that. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, I think we, with this album, we wanted to sort of think outside the box a little bit with how we were going to market it. And uh, we, our uh, marketing manager, Bradley, 
had okay. the I- idea yep. to uh, um, mess with some some VR. So we sort of fleshed that out over a few months. And uh, cool. I think it'd be cool, really cool one day if we had the budget to tr- sort of make like a, a video game, like maybe like a one level video game or something like that. Sure. You can actually fully play and unlock different uh, aspects of the album and things like that. That'd sure. Cool I think that would be amazing. I mean, speaking of video games, you guys are giving away a PlayStation 5. I mean, That's we're right. on Twitch. This is the right platform for it. If you want to win a, a PS5 uh, with a Lifeblood brand of sacrifice skin on it that's tight uh what you head over to your website is it what you pre-order the record and you're automatically entered something like that yeah um you can pre-order the record you're automatically entered uh at that point even prior pre-orders were eligible as well and there's actually no purchase necessary as well oh, okay uh, so if you go to brandedsacrifice.com and click on contest you can see the full details um you could simply follow our socials and and shoot an email using the form there, and uh, you could be eligible. No purchase is really necessary. It can be yours, but you don't want to be that guy that oh, no purchase necessary, and doesn't even like the band, doesn't even pre-order the record, and wins the PS Five. <laughs> you got it. You got to You got to pre-order that shit. No, that's awesome, man. Um, I knew about you guys, I guess, from Jordan. You know, because Jordan Valeriat produced a whole whack of Silverstein records. Um, and I remember when he was working with, with your old band who I thought your old band was great. And I was kind of surprised, you know, when I learned about Brandon Sacrifice that you were the same singer for sure, because <laughs> the vocal style is completely different. I mean, the whole band is really, really different. I mean, you know, for people that haven't are just tuning in and don't know much about Brandon Sacrifice, we're talking about like very, very extreme, very technical, very fast, very guttural vocally. Um, you know, it, it bordering on deathcore. I don't know if you guys, if you can still throw that term around, but deathcore influenced for right. sure. And um, your old band was kind of like had some elements of post-hardcore, like a lot of singing and mm-hmm. triumphant kind of melodies and stuff. And that pretty much you took a full 180 away from that uh, for Brand of Sacrifice. Oh yeah. Um, funny enough, Brand of Sacrifice was never meant to be a serious full-time project. It was a side project for me to sort of uh, unleash the the heavier side, uh, stuff that we normally wouldn't uh, include in the afterimage material. So I just wanted to sort of take some deathcore influence and, and sort of slam, slamming influence stuff and create a, a little EP that was uh, based on my favorite manga called Berserk. Uh, uh-huh. and we, we created that and it started to gain much more traction than the last full length, the aftermatch put out, <laughs> which is blowing my, it still blows my mind to this day, but, uh, it's, uh, it wasn't something that we had planned to be a real band. Uh, and both Leo and I at that time were, we're working our respective jobs and our careers and at the office doing our thing. And then all of a sudden this project starts picking up and it is i still don't really believe it but here we are (laughs) yeah no it's it's crazy i mean it's funny you know how just like you said you can work so hard on something and i read i don't know if this is true i read you spent like 50 or 60 grand uh that's canadian dollars so not as much as uh people in the chat are probably thinking but 50 or 60 grand on your full-length record for uh for the after image and and like that's a lot of money to spend for you know, something that you guys just kind of make for fun to be bigger than, 
you know? And that's just, yeah. that just teaches you something that like sometimes something that, I don't know, I don't want to say it comes easier, but just something that, you know, is a little more fun and a little more fresh. Not only is it fresh for you, but it can be fresh for people listening to it as well, you know? Yeah. It, it still, it still blows my mind for sure. I think it was sort of also maybe the right place, the right time kind of thing mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, we didn't expect this to happen, but I think there is, there's sort of a resurgence happening on the death course side of things as well. So, um, many people in the chat may not know, but deathcore was mainly a thing probably in the MySpace days. It was having its heyday, but, uh, there's sort of a, a few modern bands that are coming out now, like shadow of intent and angel maker to name a few. And, and, uh, it's sort of having a resurgence there. So no, um, totally, totally. I think that part of it was, you know, the deathcore genre was too, first of all, like the idea of it, was like better than it actually was if that makes any sense like it's like okay. wait a second like i love metal and i love you know i don't want it to be like as aggressive as possible and i love like the elements of hardcore and i love short songs like i don't necessarily need to sit through like a six minute or seven minute long metal song that that has like three guitar solos and like some <laughs> like weird awkward presentation of some fantasy that I don't, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like deathcore was like, okay, I'm bringing all the great elements of, of extreme metal. And then I'm like putting it in a way that's more like, I I don't know, down to earth. You know, I think that now it's kind of like it had to die and be reborn for people to be like, this is like a great idea. We need to do this music, but we need to actually, you know, follow through on it and make it awesome. Not just kind of put together a bunch of stuff that ends up, you know, ends up sort of turning into like a weird joke of itself for, I'm not really sure why. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think sort of pushing it forward was, was the key there. Um, Like for example, if you look at a band like shadow of intent, uh, they've got symphonic elements. They've got Mm -hmm. a hint of black metal. There's other things that are coming into play to add to the sort of formula that may have gotten stale to some listeners yeah. from Deathcore. So yeah. um, on our side, we add like electronic influence. We add black metal. We add um, regular death metal. We add slam. We add, we add a bunch of different things to the, to the mix to give listeners something uh, maybe a little more fresh than they're used to. For sure. You know, it's interesting because with a lot of bands, you know, especially you coming from a band that you, you know, used to do clean vocals in, um, you, you know, moving into a band where as far as I've heard, you don't at all, uh, maybe a little bit in the background, but there's no, you know, mm. we don't have clean choruses like you did in your old band. But what's really amazing to me is just the range that you still managed to put in with your aggressive vocals. And, and like, it's, it's crazy. Like you're doing stuff from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs to, kind of everything in between, a lot of creativity. How do you decide with any given part in any given song what you're going to do? I feel like it's you got a lot of tools in the toolbox. It must be difficult. Do you do a lot of experimentation with that? I have a really weird process when it comes to, to writing. So Leo is nice enough to send me a fairly produced instrumental to work with usually. Mm-hmm. So it's not, you know... 
the drum sounds are pretty close and guitars are where they're going to be in the final. Right. So I, I can really vibe out with it. So I'll toss that into my DAW. I'll plug my mic in and I'll write a few lines and I'll actually track them as if I'm tracking a final song. And that's how I'm writing. So I'll put in all my doubles. I'll put in everything in there as I'm writing the song. And then eventually I'll come to a point where a whole song is done and it's fully tracked and I can send it back to him at that point. Wow. Sometimes wow. I get stuck though. That's, that's the only caveat right. there. Um, so sometimes I'll finish 60 seconds of a song and then I'll come back to it three months later and continue and try and go back to that same headspace, which is weird to do sometimes. But as far as choosing what type of tones I want to do, I just experiment in the song as I'm tracking it. Um, I'm a huge fan of layering things. Yeah. Uh, I like to make the song sound larger than life. I think that's part of our uh, boss tool set there. <laughs> uh, For sure. So I'll just sort of, I'll vibe with it and I, I'll see, okay, I didn't really like that mid scream. Let's change it to a high right. or that's kind of how I'll go with it. And I'll, I'll listen to the song. And I think the main point here is that I'll be listening to it. I'll close my eyes. And if I find something that I've done breaks the immersion, then I'll change it. Yeah. And that's cool. sort of how I do it. How do you do, how do you tackle lyrics on that side? Cause, cause a lot of times, you know, with, with, um, metal and, and when you're not necessarily like trying to find a melody or like a pitch, you know, it's about, it's about the patterns. Right. And, do you find right away you're trying to write lyrics at the same time that you're in these steps? Um, do you have things written beforehand? How exactly do you t do you tackle that? I'm always interested in knowing that from a you know from a, a metal guy. Um, I'll usually have an idea of what I want to talk about, whether, for example, like um, our single lifeblood is about the protagonist gust guts from uh berserk and his relationship with his uh love interest in the in the uh the anime or the manga and that that was the theme for that song so i knew sort of what i wanted to talk about i'll write a few lines in this the vibe i want it, want it to be and i'll try and track them and i'll change a word here and there as i'm tracking it okay that word there's too many syllables here for this pattern that i just came up with and i sort of freestyle it as i as i'm going and then yeah i'll, I'll track all that i'll listen back to it and i'll say okay what what what's going to happen next and then i'll try and write some more words and then i'll track them so it's like sort of unfolding piece by piece going back to the lyrics tracking going back to the lyrics tracking again and that's how i sort of do it cool cool yeah no i just picture you know you guys playing a show in europe and there's some like 50 year old like german heavy metal dude this band is so fucking awesome and and like little does he know that you're writing these lyrics about your favorite manga like i don't know i don't know why that just makes me chuckle but there's it's just funny to think of you know a lot of times you know just it's like you know cute stuff kind of like you know i mean obviously not always but but there's that element of like animation and and stuff and then you're just bringing like the most brutal some of the most brutal music i've ever heard uh to the table so i, I love that i love that uh duality there that's that's rad that's awesome that's hilarious to think about i can totally picture <laughs> the exact guy you're talking about too right 100 percent. <laughs> a few more things i want to want to ask you about the first one being melissa cross who a lot of people know of, of her from the zen of screaming dvd that came out that was kind of a game changer uh well not kind of a game changer it was a game changer for a oh. lot of people 
that everybody from uh, Randy from Lamb of God to Keith from Every Time I Die, those guys like were swearing by those techniques. And I read that that's actually kind of how you got into screaming as well. It is. Uh, I remember I was a, as a kid in high school and I was listening to this band called Still Remains that I really liked at the time, metalcore yeah. band. Yeah. And, and Azalea Dying and bands in that sort of style of metalcore. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, I really want to sound like these guys. How do I do it? And I remember seeing some of those Melissa Cross videos, just shorts, not the full versions on YouTube mm-hmm. at the time when YouTube was in its infancy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I managed to uh, get myself a copy and started off learning uh, the above the pencil sort of fry screams right. to begin with. And right, yeah. uh, eventually I sort of transitioned to more uh, false chord type stuff. But uh, that was really how I started to begin with was, was learning the proper technique, uh, how to do fry screams from Melissa Cross. And and she's incredible with uh, what she does. And I love the presentation. And I think yeah. there's a reason why every singer that's a pro will swear by it uh, if they are able to get a lesson with her, for example. So I did. I did actually did did That's a amazing. couple lessons with her. You, have you ever met her? I've not. Oh, That's something a, I need to do. She's a trip. She's the best. Um, yeah, we. I, I forget what year it would have been. I want to say around 2006, maybe something okay. like that. And it was like right when Silverstein. We were kind of getting. We were starting to get popular. We'd put out that discovering the water for an album, but uh, I. I well, thank you, man. And, you know, it was just, it was just difficult, like singing every night, singing, screaming and all that. And I was like, well, maybe this will help me out. So I'd, I'd watch DVDs and I, you know, kind of knew a little bit of what was going on, but I, I felt like I needed a little, just a little more insight. So I Mm -hmm. went to New York and I went to her apart, like her apartment where she gives her lessons and everything. And I think I did four days with her, um, no, two. I did two days, four sessions. That's what it was. We did two okay. two days, two like a morning session, and then I'd leave, and then I'd come back and do an afternoon session. And honestly, like the biggest thing that she gave me was confidence. Like she, I walked in and she was like, "I listened to your album. You're amazing." And I was like, "Wow." She says, <laughs> I, "She thinks I'm amazing." And I think that honestly, yeah, yeah, there's all the techniques and stuff, and some of them resonated. Oh, we got a kitty cat. Yeah. She, oh, uh, introduce the kitty cat. <laughs> her name's a uh, little little oh i love that um on and she's uh she's a bit of a lap cat she's not afraid of chilling my cat would freak out and run away and probably try to scratch me <laughs> she's uh every time when i'm doing something of importance this is when she joins that's uh, that's what she likes to do she knows and the chat <laughs> is loving the cat too here we go here, here they come Orange kitty. Oh my God. I love the cat. But, uh, but, but no, um, but with back to Melissa Cross to finish my story. Uh, yeah, mainly it was confidence that she gave me, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, she, she's legit and she knows her stuff. And I have told so many people like, Hey, if, if you, you need help or anything, she's there, not just on the technical vocal side of things, but also on just, just the mental aspect of it. Um, how, how are you on that side of things? Like, like I know you guys go on, you guys haven't been on tour in a year, obviously, but how do you do on tour with that and having to manage that when you have days where, you know, maybe you're feeling a little off? Yeah, there's definitely been a few times where, you know, the, the cold weather gets the best of you and, uh, yeah. 
that's that's my main as soon as as soon as i get sick with a cold that's the end for me it's horrible uh, but uh i just when I'm feeling sick like that or I'm having a day where I wake up and I'm like, I'm not feeling my, myself as far as vocals are going to go. I just try and sleep it off as much as I can and not talk as much. Yeah. Um, and then I warm up a little more than I normally do. Okay. I'd say, and I still use some of the, the warmups that I learned from Melissa cross actually, uh, sometimes like the, the vibrations with the scales and the, using the different syllables and repeating them in a form of a scale, things like that. I use those still. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, just make sure I'm super hydrated with lukewarm water. And that, yeah. then I just go out and I try and feel the crowd as much as possible and, and get into it, even though I'm no, I'm not feeling my best, but I yeah. think usually the, the lifesaver is, is the, the crowd. Cause you can kind of, when you, when you're feeling the response and the energy back, from the audience uh you can sort of forget about the fact that you may be feeling off for that day so i think all those little preps beforehand plus really vibing out with the audience that's that's my that's my remedy i guess for sure for sure i was reading another story you were talking about when you guys got um i guess asked to be on the uh, summer slaughter tour i think it was oh, yeah, yeah and, that's right. and you know now i know we're going back a couple of years but you know Walk me through that moment when, you know, you guys haven't even played a show in Toronto yet, and here you are getting asked to play, you know, this, one of one of the biggest extreme metal festivals, uh, you know, across the states and everything. What was that like for you at that moment, and I, I heard you accepted it before even asking the rest of the guys if it was, if it was okay to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I saw the email, and I was like, is, are they kidding <laughs> like, cause at that point we had done one tour. We did a one U S tour. We didn't even play a local show. As you mentioned before, we hadn't, we didn't play in Toronto yet. Our first show was actually in New Jersey of all places. Yeah. Uh, so we did a tour with our friends, our good friends in a band called signs of the swarm. Uh, they're from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, uh, that was just an awesome bro fest. That entire tour. It was, nice. it was a great way to get started for the band. And, uh, so we're just sort of thinking about what was going to happen next. And, you know, our, our agent, uh, at the time, uh, Daniel Defonce, um, he was sort of looking for things to, to set into motion. And then he sent us this email and we look at it and we're like, what? <laughs> like, are they kidding? Do they actually want us? Uh, we're such a young band and whatnot. And, uh, so it was true. And we had to respond within that same day because I guess the, perhaps the original opener might've dropped or something right. like that. Yep. And, uh, we, I, Leo and I talked about it and we're like, okay, we just have to say yes. That's we'll figure out the rest later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> we said yes and accepted it. And I just told the guys, we just confirmed for summer slaughter and no one asked any questions about it. They were just ex overwhelmingly excited. And, uh, that was one of the hardest tours we ever did. I bet. Uh, did you guys okay. have, were you guys set up? Like, did you have a van and all that stuff ready to go? Or did you have to figure all that out? So we did have a van. We had a van with no air conditioning. <laughs> for Silverstein so, van too. Summer slaughter. That's uh, not the best. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, we, the first Silverstein van had not only had no air conditioning, but the heat stuck permanently on. Oh, so. no. <laughs> 
Uh, That's rough. Yep, it was. Oh. <laughs> the the tough part with that was literally everywhere we went was boiling hot. Yeah. There was no relief in any city that we played. And even when it was a sort of a rainy day, it was still humid and disgusting. Yeah. So I, I think I just lost half my body weight and sweat <laughs> from that tour. So that was really trying. And I think that beat us right into shape uh, as far as becoming a band. And plus the, the load ins and load outs were super quick. You had to be off the stage right away. Seven bands on the package. So you got to yeah. move quickly. So um, that was, I think, a great character building exercise as well as an amazing opportunity. <laughs> so for sure, no, no, for sure. I mean, when you're when you're literally first of seven on a tour like that, I can imagine people being. I don't want to say people are dicks to you, but definitely very short leash for anything, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> but um, but I guess you know that's how you learn how to be a band, right? And and mm-hmm. how to not only exist in the touring world and get by and and figure out from things from day to day but also learn learn about each other right and and how how to you know deal with the the friendships and and just those those relationships within the band you know oh 100 because you can't escape your band members when you're on tour you're you're with each other pretty much 24 7 and it's like a i know a lot of band guys always make the joke that being in a band's like a, a marriage between five or four guys or whatever it might be, but it's totally true. Yeah. It's, it's a marriage that you, you but you just don't have any sex. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a sexless marriage. That doesn't sound all that good. Does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, one thing I love that you did on, uh, on your record, um, God hand was, that you have a song called after image on it and it's kind of yes. like a mellow sort of like interlude track um to me that like that shows a little bit about your own personalities too that you're willing to put out this you know record in this genre and basically just totally be able to take the piss a little bit you know from your old project and throw that in there uh is there a story behind that um i i felt that track sounded like sort of the destruction or the ending of something. It felt a little bleak. And so I thought it'd be hilarious. I'm like, Hey Leo, wouldn't it be funny if this track was called after image? Cause since that band's pretty much done here. Right. And he's like, yeah, we're doing that. So <laughs> we just, just stuck with it. And, uh, I, I, we get that comment a lot for those who are familiar with the after image, but I thought it was funny. And I think it was, a. Uh, little nod and i like to make nods I, i'm a i'm a huge proponent of easter eggs and and nods to awesome. things that people might f- find obscure but i like to stick them in there uh, and for the average listener they might not see something like that but i, I think it's awesome when people find them hell yeah no, i know <laughs> i i love that little that little bit uh so much so, so what's going on going on next for you guys i assume obviously you probably have Shows booked that we don't know if we're going to happen. That might be a thing. Are you guys doing any live streams or anything like that? Or have you? Um, We had planned one, but the the next lockdown occurred here in Toronto. So we've sort of put that off for the time being. And some some of our guys are in the States now and some are in Toronto. So it's sort of a, a logistics issue. 
at that <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, that, that is that is super tough. Um, and yeah, my, my band, we've done a few of them, but it's not even easy and we still live in the same province. I can't even imagine what bands have to do in different countries because, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe you could cross the border. You guys probably have like P2 visas or O2 visas or something, right? So, yeah, that and we're also like a, a registered business, so it's it would be considered a business a trip of that. Okay. And I think that's allowed to, to a degree, but um, I think... Um, it's just a matter of finding the right time. And I think we'd really want to put, put good amount of budget into it make sure it's, you know, really, really eventful to watch. Cause I think, um, I, recreating the experience is never going to be the same as a live show, but I want to make sure that it's a little more theatrical as right. well. So, no, for sure. I mean, that's the problem, right? Is like, especially for a band like you guys that, you know, you're still an emerging artist, you know, you, you put out a great a great debut full length record and another one's on, on the way. But you know, when you're talking about doing a live stream where you've got to make sure that you sound good, it looks good. You've thought things through, you know, you, you kind of have to be on the same level as bands that are much bigger than you or have been together a lot, a lot longer. That's mm-hmm. tough. Right. And, and to, to find, I don't know, 10, 15, $20,000 that it, that it could realistically cost to do it. Right. That's not easy for a small band. Totally. Um, and I think it's something that is important to us down the line. Uh, I guess we'll have to see how this year unfolds. It's not looking too good so far, no, uh, no, but not. we'll have to see. Um, it is something that we definitely are considering and trying to make work. But I think for the time being, we're sort of focusing on the the album rollout because um, it's about it's coming out in less than a month, which is pretty cool. Yes. March 5th. March 5th. Uh, nice. And uh, so we're going to do a live stream on YouTube, um, sort of uh, going through each song and reacting to it with uh, with everyone there. We're going to do that probably maybe even before it comes out, a day before, something like that. So that's the next uh, sort of stream that's planned at the moment, just like the whole band hanging out kind of thing. Awesome. No, that's, that's all awesome. Yeah, it's funny. I was looking... That, that apparently you guys started in February of 2018. So that means that a third of your band's career, you've been sitting around in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sucks, dude. Oh, that's awful, man. What luck, huh? That's it's just... tough, uh, but we're trying to make the best of it. And I think in some ways it's actually pretty uh, useful to get music out now. Cause I think people right. are looking to consume it. So, um, I think that's a positive in, in that respect. It's not positive in, in this, the, the sense that I can't be on the road, which is sort of what I love, love to do best, but, um, I can, I can wait, I can, I can get back to it soon, but right on. No, I mean, that's true. I mean, there's some bands that are waiting and saying, Oh, we're not going to put anything out until we can tour. And I think that that's a mistake. And I think it's good that you guys are not waiting You've put this record together uh, already. You know the the singles that have come out: um, uh, Animal, uh, Lifeblood, uh, Demon King, all bangers, and Thank people you. are excited. So when this when this record comes out, I think all it's going to do is just just bring more hype for when you guys can finally out, get out there and uh, continue to work on your craft. And and you know, it's that's sometimes uh, been a problem for bands like doing shows, touring before. Maybe they're ready and you guys now 
you know, you guys have had a little time to make sure that you, you know, you are working on your craft and you're, and you're ready to do it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think a huge part of what helped us push forward with this new record was the experience we gained from being on the road, right? Sort of understanding which parts are more, uh, better for the pit or, you know, w- people can sing along to, or which parts where people are really feeling things like that. Just, just the normal things you sort of observe over time. And I think that that helped and, and which parts are <laughs> a lot more possible to recreate and sound nice and tight in a live setting too. Yeah. So I think those things, plus the experience that we gained as people, um, you know, going through, the trials and tribulations of touring. Not that it's all bad. It's it's mostly positive in my opinion, but there, it's definitely tough. For sure. Uh, I think all of that came together and really moved the the record forward. And it, it was nice that Leo doesn't uh, tour full-time with the band. He'll do a few select tours when we're on the road. But uh, right before the lockdown occurred, um, he actually toured with us. So he was able oh, to... Yeah in that same headspace uh, right. when we did our, our Europe tour. So, so what great. he's doing, so he, he's the one that's in the States doing uh corporate world stuff. That's right. So yeah. he can't, so he can't come on the road all the time with you guys. Hey, that's exactly. okay. That's okay. I, I, uh, I love that in 2021, uh, I was going to say 2020, 2021. Now we're all just able to, you know, make it work and there, there are no rules anymore. And I, I dig that. Uh, question here from Taylor. I'll throw it up on the screen. If anyone has any questions for for Kyle, um, feel free to post them in the chat. We'll get, we can talk about them. Uh, is this a concept album? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, this album is sort of a showcase uh, of. I, I mentioned it a bit earlier, but for those who might have just tuned in, uh, the band sort of is based upon the manga slash anime called Berserk. Yeah, and uh, this particular record sort of is from the perspective of the protagonist called Guts, and his uh, interactions that occur in the universe and with certain select characters. But I did try to write it sort of high level, so the average person could sort of connect with the themes and ideas in mind per song. Um, cool. But technically, it is a concept album, uh, mostly focusing on the protagonist Guts from Berserk. Nice. There you go. And uh, yeah, so everybody needs to go pre-order this album at brandofsacrifice.com and you can win a PlayStation 5. That's right. Which we already mentioned, but we'll mention it again because that's sick. How does how did that work anyway? Do, do you have somebody that skins it or like... Yeah, we got a, we got a custom um, skin created for it and uh, locating the console was the most difficult aspect of it um they're pretty difficult to find at the moment right uh luckily our uh our friend bradley uh zorg drager oh yeah was able to, to source one for us i know and him here he is right here our homie hey. he's also our marketing manager there you go he, there he is love him <laughs> he uh he went down to uh i believe it's was it scarborough i'm not 100 sure and uh picked it up and uh then right now we're going to get it all skinned up and this controller is also skinned too, which is cool. really cool. No, I just picture someone going to Scarborough and like having to dodge bullets or whatever to get a PS five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was, I was born in Scarborough so I can, I can make Me jokes. Too. I can make jokes about what hospital Scarborough general. I was Scarborough centenary. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Almost the same hospital. That close. That's funny though. Look at this. Born in the same. It's not even. You know, it's not even um, a city anymore. My passport always said place of birth Scarborough, and the mm-hmm. last time I got it um, renewed, they said, "Oh yeah, Scarborough. It's not a place anymore. It's gonna have to say Toronto now." And I was like, "Come oh, on, man. Come I'm, on. I'm I'm hard. Look at me. I'm hard. I'm from the I'm from the <laughs> borough." <laughs> Oh, okay. Sorry. It was in Toronto, this particular one. Okay. We, he didn't go to Scarborough. I have to oh. correct it, the story. But I mixed up to a different one that didn't pan out. Yes. Okay. Well, regardless, it don't worry. It, it's, we, we have the PS5. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, it, and it is it, on hand. And it can be yours. Uh, a couple more questions, if you don't mind kicking around uh, here for a minute, Kyle. Um, sure. Here's a question from M. Dotwood. I don't know the answer to this. Uh can you touch on earth shatter is that project still a thing yeah so we have a, a side project which is a little more metalcore mm. that uh, leo and i created um it's sort of if you took well, i guess maybe a hint of deathcore and mixed it with sort of um like kill switch and asley dying and then uh knocked loose put that all together nice. it's got like clean choruses again i had an itch to do some fully clean vocals again and that's in that band and uh cool it's, it's still really heavy it's it's got um on the first ep we did we had an, a second vocalist as well as guitar player is also doing vocals so we kind of do like a back and forth type thing uh his name's luke he's in a band called the parallel which is from barry ontario there you go and, uh yeah, we, we do plan to make some new music for that, uh, but right now Boss is the the main focus, so uh, it's not dead. Uh, we just uh, we're busy with Boss at the moment. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, another question here. I like this one. Uh, do you ever plan on doing vocal covers just for people to hold on to? This is from X Nick Hardcore X. I like this. How's it going, Nick? Uh, <laughs> I I did one. And I just need to get it finalized. But I did a couple, actually. I did one of Forever by Azalea Dying, uh, where I do all the vocals in that. I also did a Necrophagist cover, a Necrophagist cover, yeah. with uh, David from Signs of the Swarm. Uh, that one hasn't... I still need to get that mixed, but uh, that exists. Cool. Um, maybe I'll do some other ones. Um I'm not a huge fan of them personally, but <laughs> occasionally I'll be like, Oh, it'd be cool to, to redo this song. That was, I think for me, it's gotta be a pretty, an older song that resonated with me growing up. Maybe that I would cover. I wouldn't probably cover anything that was new, uh, modern or right. anything like that. Right. No, I just, I just think of your voice as being so versatile, you know, that, that it would be cool. I would love to, do you, you're not on Twitch. Are you, do you have a Twitch account? Yeah, I'm on Twitch. It's uh, twitch.tv slash Kyle of Sacrifice. Kyle, okay. Kyle of Sacrifice. Any, you go on there and do some covers on there. That would be sick. I would love to see that. Yeah, maybe maybe I could do that one day. Well, uh, fi- follow uh, follow Kyle. Kyle of, I'm putting I'm putting the link in the chat. So people can I'd be logged you. in right now, but I changed my phone number and I've got to get that two-factor reset. So I can't oh, log boy. into it right now. But... <laughs> I think I did it. Weird. I'm getting like a beach ball on my computer. And oh, weird. Okay, I did go. I think it's there. Cool. Yeah. No. Follow. Um. There we go. That's me. Follow Kyle on on Twitch. Um. 
That's rad. No. Um, what is what is B Smith saying here? He wants to know. This is he's a big fan. He wants to know your top three songs to listen to for Boss. You have a top three? Can you pick three? That's hard. Um, there's one that's unreleased called Altered Eyes. That's one of my favorites off the new record. It's got this uh, almost new metal two-step part. Okay. That is one of my favorite moments in the whole record. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's got one of the coolest one-liners. I won't tell you what it is yet, but good. That, that's one of my favorite favorite songs on the record. Uh, I'd say Animal, the one we just put out. Sick. Uh, that uh, that was super fun to do, and the music video, I think, is is pretty awesome. Our, uh, our video guy, uh, Joey Durango, absolutely slayed it. Um, as far as the directing went and, uh, all the actors involved were incredibly talented. A few guys like, uh, Japanese samurais that, that will be a music video for you. So there you go. Uh, that's two. Uh, and then I got to go with the OG eclipse. That was yeah. the first song yeah. we ever wrote. And it seems to be one of the more popular tunes we've done. And it's just so much fun to play live because there's such a fun response when we get to the that last breakdown in the song so yep no i could see that be one of my favorites i could see that being your your show closer maybe i've never seen you guys yeah, yeah, guys play right. but exactly but it. i could see that and i mean it's up to over three million uh, on spotify that's uh that's good moving some units thank you awesome uh we'll get a couple more questions here if you don't mind we got this one from sure. sarah loves cats seven will you always base your music off berserk or head in another direction I too love cats. I have to mention, um, I think, um, it may not, it may not be always based off of berserk because like I said, this project was never really meant to be a full band. Uh, and it, the concept was something I just wanted to create a, a, an album for and kind of leave it at that. But I, I love Berserk and it's a huge part of my life. I have the brand tattoo on me. Um, it's it's hard to let it go, but at the same time, I think I want to also include some of my own story uh, yeah. within the music and uh, maybe start to tell that a little bit, but maybe time will tell. Follow-up question. Uh, we'll see. Follow-up question here. Uh, I don't believe it was talked about, um, you, Maximus. Is the album art based on uh, the Berserk manga as well? Originally, it was sort of a rough concept that was based upon um, sort of an, if you know the manga, there's a there's a, a panel early on in the Black Swordsman arc uh, that shows an, what they call the unnamed apostle, sort of guts, sees that apostle transform into this disgusting demonic being that was sort of the the basis but we sort of expanded upon it uh so you can see that the first ep um has one monster and the second is the uh, sort of demon behind like a a beautiful woman and then the lifeblood has the beautiful woman ascending into the sky and you're in the same plane as the ep so it's all sort of connected uh, but it's roughly based upon that uh, unnamed apostle scene in the manga. But I think it ties in more to the actual music than it does to Berserk. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks for the questions, everybody. Those those were awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go, uh, Kyle. What else to tell the people before um, I let you go? Obviously, com for the pre-order. Yeah, com. Uh, we also... 
you, you can sort of navigate to our various stores, but we have uh, our North American pre-orders are on Indie Merch. Um, and Rising Merch is for EU slash UK or the rest of the world, I guess. Um, we have another single coming out later this month uh, before the album comes out. And in fact, it's uh, one of my favorites on the record. I won't tell you what it is yet. Um, also, I just want to give a shout out to a couple of my friends' bands that you should check out. Nice. Uh, there's a band called Signs of the Swarm, our homies that took us out on our very first tour, good friends of ours. Awesome. They just put out a song. Um, go check out their new song. Uh, our friends in Sentinels, also part of our first tour, put out a new song. And our friends in Depths of Hatred, also part of that tour as well, put out a new song. So it's kind of crazy. Everything is coming full circle in a sense. But yeah. all the bands from that first tour ever have new songs. So I love check that. them all out. That was, that was Signs of the Swarm, Depths of Hatred. And what was the middle one? I, I missed it. Sentinels. Sentinels. There we go. Some more, some more music for people here to check out. Because, uh, you know, you can never get too much, especially when you're talking about young, great, heavy bands. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said scented candles. <laughs> <laughs> I do like scented, ca- scented candles. <laughs> Kyle, thank you so much for this. Uh, you're the you man. I, I absolutely love hearing what you do vocally. It's impressive. And <laughs> keep killing it, man. Thank you, man. And I'm looking forward to new Silverstein. Yeah. We're, we're, we're working on some stuff. Hell yeah. all right man i'll let you go take care care, bye-bye so there it is with kyle anderson of brand of sacrifice one of the nicest guys i think i've ever had on the show and what a band brand of sacrifice with their new album lifeblood this thing is awesome if you like heavy music you have to hear this there's just no other way to put it you need this record i'm gonna play a tune in just a second but i want to remind you please add me on twitch tons of stuff happening this tuesday i'll have mario from blackout problems a band out of germany that you guys might not know on the show and some other really really great guests coming up every tuesday wednesdays me and mike howell we do the new noise where we talk about all the new albums coming out every week so get on there Check out the All Access Club and enjoy this track. Hard to pick one from this record, but I'm going to go with track three from their new album, Lifeblood. This is called Animal on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next time. <laughs> 